This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Jovan Will of AdvisorInternetMarketing.com. Jovan, thank you so much for joining us today. Seth, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me as your guest today. Um, our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. What was your? Uh, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I spent most of my life uh, here in the desert. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what was? Uh, what did your parents do? Well, my par- my parents. It's kind of funny because my parents were both. I'm laughing because what I do is is so radically different than what they have done in their career. So they both are government employees. My mom worked in the public education system and my dad uh, worked in a prison actually. And he was a a librarian at a law library. And so they've been always, you know, following, uh, you know, the whole mantra of getting a safe, secure job, getting a good education. And now they're fortunate to have government pensions. So, uh, but their path has been radically different than the path that I've chosen. So, so that's why I was kind of giggling a little bit when you asked me that question. It's a great question, by the way. Thank you very much. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, how did you get started? Sure. So uh, my background actually was originally in graphic design. So I went to college to be a graphic designer and uh, I spent actually a good five years or so in that career, started out as an intern, uh, ironically enough, working in a marketing uh, startup company. And so uh, I reached a point where I it occurred to me, Seth, that I was a decent designer, but I wasn't extraordinary. And uh, I got to the point where I was managing a small team. And uh, I just reached a point where I felt like if I don't do something now with what I'm doing with my career, I'm probably going to be stuck behind a computer designing graphics and logos and things like that for the rest of my life. And I just wasn't really passionate about it. And I knew 
that I had something else within me in terms of potential, but I I didn't really know what that was. And so that's really um, was uh, where I originally got started. And uh, I picked up, someone told me, hey, uh, a successful uh, friend of mine who was really starting to, to get successful in business recommended I pick up the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that book was probably the very first book that I picked up in the world of, say, personal development or entrepreneurship. And that really, in some sense, awakened what you would call some form of a entrepreneurial spirit within me. And so that in the book, Robert Kiyosaki says, hey, if you want to be successful in entrepreneurship, you need to learn how to sell. And so from there, I one thing led to another, and I got involved with a home-based business opportunity, uh, network marketing, and so forth. And they were really big on personal development, sales, and marketing. And that's really kind of how I got my start in the business of entrepreneurship and sales and marketing. Okay. And then how did that come up, take you to the career? Let's talk about the career journey from there to what you're doing now. Sure. So, you know, I, I will have to say that I've had a sh- my share of failures. That's that's for sure. Uh, in, in the first foray into entrepreneurship was I was involved with a juice company. I was I was slinging a juice, which was a $40 uh, MLM uh, juice company. And, you know, I was doing OK recruiting people. But the problem was I was joining what I like to call the NFL club. And by NFL, I don't mean uh, National Football League. I'm talking about no friends no family left. Okay. I literally ran out of people to talk to. Right. So, um, I just went online and, uh, I started researching, um, how to market, you know, how do I talk to people that shockingly want to talk to me about the product versus just having to, you know, go belly to belly and try to pressure my friends and family to join my opportunity. And, uh, I, I had the ple- the pleasure and privilege of getting involved with some incredible mentors. Uh, I spent, uh, I put $5,500 on a credit card, and uh, I flew out to Boise, Ohio, Idaho, and uh, spent some time getting mentored with uh, Russell Brunson, who's a fantastic marketer, yep. and kind of that was kind of got my start into internet marketing. And then from there, I ended up uh, joining a new company, another home-based business company that taught you how to be marketers. And I think that's really what was the inflection point in my career was the shift from just trying to recruit friends and family and hotel meetings and so forth, but how do I attract people through very specific direct response advertising, specifically using the internet to be able to drive traffic, push people through an online sales funnel, and thereby having the opportunity to only speak to people that were interested in talking to me. And so this offering that I was involved with, this business opportunity, we had three different levels. I think it was 2000 maybe 5000 or 10000 Anyways, it was, it was high as $20,000 at a 50% commission. So as an affiliate, I had the ability to invest heavily into the marketing to acquire a client. And so from there, I started generating leads through Google pay-per-click ads. I had clients that I was talking to and bringing into my organization in Greece, Australia, all throughout the United States. And so that's really where I cut my teeth on, so to speak, uh, direct response, internet advertising, and uh, high-ticket sales. And that's really kind of the transition that I made from there. 
And then how did you get from there to advisor internet marketing? Sure. So, you know, I we do a lot of marketing with annuities and so forth. Um, advisor internet marketing is primarily a training company where we train and do coaching for advisors. We also offer uh, turnkey marketing systems. And uh, the way I got involved in this industry was as I was building out my internet business and selling, um, you know, high ticket offerings online, uh, there was an advisor that I got connected with that was doing a whole bunch of dinner seminars and offline marketing. So he was offering annuities and uh, doing well. But the, the challenge was with offline marketing, it's, it's in some sense, it's not very scalable if you're doing all the marketing, meaning if you're doing all the dinner seminars and you're running around, I mean, eventually you could you can get burnt out. And so that's kind of what was happening. There was a, a saturation that was happening in his local market area. And I saw the opportunity. I thought, well, if what I'm doing right now to be able to sell high tickets online, perhaps there are people out there that, you know, are looking for annuities online. And at the time, we didn't realize if it was, you know, I didn't know if it would work or whatever. And uh, put together a small test budget, uh, assembled a team. It kind of was a kind of a side project for me. And uh, it actually turned into a very successful project. The company that was uh, receiving the leads and so forth went from 12 employees to well over 150 employees. Um, we were spending multiple six figures per month and became the number one annuity agency in the country. And so I would say the, the, the key to success around all that was being able to create systematic online lead generation funnels that ran 24-7. And uh, once you know the metrics, you can scale it significantly. And so I left that company a little over three or so years ago and then um, got involved here. And now uh, I am part owner with my business partner, Fernando Godinez, with Advisor Internet Marketing, where we can share with a larger audience uh, to our community of advisors and bring bring to them everything we've learned from internet advertising and um, direct response, online lead generation funnels, and so forth. And so that's uh, and that's what I do today. Awesome. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see advisors making when it comes to trying to generate new leads? Well, let's break it up into two different camps here. So, you know, you have the typical offline marketing and then you have the online. And I think that, uh, you know, I used to be very dogmatic in that I was a, you know, I'm an internet marketer and, you know, poo-poo on offline marketing was kind of like how I <laughs> kind of got started. And what I realized and recognized over the last few years is that uh, there really is only marketing. So whether you're doing offline or online, what I'm seeing happen is I don't think offline is going to go away. But what I do see happening is that there's going to be an integration of the two. So for advisors that I believe want to take advantage of Internet marketing, I wouldn't suggest that you completely abandon what you're doing. Like I never think that's a smart move. What I think is a better, more prudent approach to marketing is to figure out if you are doing something in the offline world today, whether it be dinner, seminars, or radio, how can you integrate that with offline? How can you create an online systematic funnel that could tie in with your dinner seminars? So, for example, people who don't attend a dinner seminar that RSVP'd, how can you send them your online dinner seminar if they missed it? Or folks that come to your dinner seminar that uh, you know they don't actually turn into an appointment, how can you in some way drip on them or send them more valuable content that at some point they might convert into an actual uh, leader client. So I, I think the big challenge that I've seen with some advisors is that they want to abandon what they're doing with offline marketing and they don't really do a good job of integrating the both, both of them together. And so, so that's what I would give is in form of advice for advisors that really want to, you know, migrate over into more of an internet marketing type of a thing, integrate your offline marketing first with online 
And once you're happy with the results and so forth, you can supplement it further. At some point, you could potentially replace it completely with internet-based advertising if that's what you choose to do. And what do you like best about your business? You know, I think what I love best about what we do, and that's a great question, Seth, because, um, you know, being that I have an internet marketing business, sometimes, you you know, you're behind a computer and you don't really have the connection with people sometimes. But what I will say this is I, I, I love being on the the forefront or the cutting edge of something. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it, the revolution's the right word, so to speak, but I feel like being able to bring to the advisor community what we're up to with with, with regards to internet marketing is so exciting. It's, it, almost, it almost reminds me of when I first started doing annuity advertising online because there weren't any advertisers that were doing video-based marketing and online funnels at the time. They were just basic lead capture pages, and that was pretty much it. And so... You know, the drumbeat that I've been beating over the last five or so years has been the same. And, uh, you know, the main thing, my wheelhouse has been around like funnels. That's something I'm really excited about. And I love seeing advisors have their uh, kind of like the light bulb turn on, so to speak, when they see, wow, this is awesome. I could literally take my sales presentation and put it online in such a way that it can be viewed 24-7. And I could serve my prospects in a better way. And so for me, that's really exciting to see advisors, you know, see what's possible. And with that also creates freedom, you know, not having to be stuck in one particular location, not having to be running around doing a dinner seminar every week if that's not what you necessarily want to do. And so I'm actually going to be uh, in Bali coming up here uh, very soon for a couple months and then Thailand and so forth. So um, I've been designing my business so that I can work pretty much anywhere in the globe. And that's something that I'm taking to heart and something I hope to inspire other advisors that you don't necessarily need to be stuck in one brick and mortar location in order to serve your clients in a big way. That is absolutely incredible. Let's back up for just a second because you used the word marketing funnel a couple different times and you and I eat, breathe, and sleep those, but let's not assume that the advisors listening to this or reading this know what we mean by that. How would you define a marketing funnel uh, for a financial advisor? And can you give us an example? Like walk us through one. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked that. So marketing funnel. And here's the funny thing, Seth, and I'm sure you're well aware of this. Even within the world of, say, marketing or Internet marketing, people use the word funnel quite a lot. Right. So let me just take a step back here and define. So quite specifically, I'm even going to go further and call it. I like to call it conversion conversion funnel. Okay. And what I mean by that is that it's a systematic online process that people go through that turns a cold prospect into a scheduled appointment on your calendar. And then from there, that's, it's the advisor's job to take it from there. Okay. And that's the Holy grail right there. I mean, for, if you tell an advisor, Hey, we can put these people butts in the seats, people in your office. I mean, they'll line up for that. So how do you, I mean, without giving away any secret sauce, how, give us one example of how you do that. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I think, first of all, what we got to start thinking about is this whole concept that I've kind of coined that I borrowed from Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki, I spent two years actually being mentored by him. That's another story. But um, he did say that anytime you can create more congruency in your life, you'll be more authentic, more happy, and you'll just have more freedom. So the word congruency has always stuck with me. How can it be more congruent? And I, I brought that into my marketing because in the world of annuities, okay, and if for folks who aren't familiar with them, they're essentially, think of it like a pension. Think of it like buying a pension, putting a lump sum, and then you get a guaranteed income stream. 
typically speaking, annuities have a negative connotation out there in the marketplace, just because for whatever reason, okay, for many different reasons. Uh, Susie Orman, that would be one. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And rightly so, because the thing is, there are a lot of annuities out there that are actually not very suitable or in some cases really bad for most advisors or for most clients. Uh, and we happen to offer a very specific type of them. So what I like to do is, you know, when it comes to, you know, being able to educate people and so forth, you have to, you know, there's really two parts of this. One part is, and let me give concept and I'll go very specific with you. First of all, you got to have the message down. The message has to be highly congruent. Okay. So if you want to like offer annuities, then you can't just talk about retirement. You can't just talk about social security. You can't talk about estate planning necessarily. You can, but it's not really congruent. So what I like to do is talk about the core benefits of what annuities have to offer, whether it's a guaranteed lifetime income stream, securing your money from, you know, market going up or down. And then the second part is, the uh, you know first you have the message and then you have the marketing sequence. It has to be the right sequence. Okay, so what I think about when I'm thinking about funnels, I mean I think uh, you know the very first thing you got to have on the very beginning entry point of a funnel, which is a very basic what we call some people call a squeeze page, a landing page. It's a simple opt-in. Okay, and what I like to do is I like to split up the opt-in process into two steps. Okay. I used to just try to collect full contact record, meaning name, phone number, email, yada, 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 address, and all this nonsense. And it doesn't really do a good job like it did years ago. Now I like to break it up in two steps. Just collect the email opt-in and exchange for what we call a lead, a lead magnet, which could be a white paper. It could be a report of some kind, something that can be easily consumed within five to ten minutes. No longer can we give you know a lead magnet away that's seventy six pages long. It just it's just too much information. See, the, the issue that we're dealing with now is that the consumers their attention span is so contracted today than it was five years ago. So now everything has to be in sound bites. Very everything has to be succinct. Okay, so lead magnet in exchange for an email. Okay. And then from there, you bring them to some form of a sales letter, some form of a sales letter, sales presentation that does a real good job of walking people through a very systematic process of stating the problem solution. And that's pretty much, you know, copywriting 101, whether it's a sales letter or a video or a presentation, you give them a very specific presentation. And then from there, you request the appointment. Okay, and then on that page, we actually ask for phone number. In that case, we're collecting a phone number to call them. And then the last part of it is if they want to schedule an appointment, we use a, a scheduling service such as meeting. I think it's uh, schedule once is the service that we use. So email opt-in, phone capture, and then schedule on the calendar. And those are that's the, the that's the, a very simplified marketing funnel that's designed to generate qualified appointments. Everyone that requests an appointment, they're there for the right reasons. They're not there for some optimization of social security, social security. They're not there to avoid a probate or anything. They're there to have an intelligent conversation about how annuities might work for them. That's how it works. Make sense? That is that makes total sense. That is a great example. And what do you attribute your success to? Because you've built these funnels for advisors all over the country, and you've got them working and optimized and putting and, and, and filling those practices. How, how do you what do you attribute your success to? Well, I think um, one thing that I'm when I, I I don't know if I would attribute my success in terms. Of, I just I, I model other people. I am a huge fan of modeling. Okay, Tony Robbins always says that yep. if you want success, success leaves clues. Exactly right, and then you can tell who the pioneers are, where they've got they're laying face down in the dirt with arrows in their backs. Right, so um, all of the best ads that I've written, all the best funnels that I've created are modeled after other successful funnels, and some in our industry, but most in others. Right, most another type of whether it's a high ticket funnel, high ticket meaning a high ticket coaching or whatever. What have have you weight loss, 
supplements and so forth. So I'm looking at all these other industries and kind of swiping and modeling. So it's, it's two parts. One part is modeling. And then the other part is I'm willing to invest into the marketing. I'm willing to spend to play the game. I know some folks and some clients that we've worked with, they'll spend a couple thousand bucks in marketing and they'll be very disappointed. And they'll think a couple, couple thousand, mean a couple thousand in advertising spend. And they're like, oh, I don't have any results, this and that. And, you know, I get that, right? It's frustrating when you spend money. But I don't ever try to create ROI when I'm doing a test campaign. I am buying data. That's what I look at. I'm willing to spend money to buy data to just determine, is this a winner? Is this a loser? What can I change? And then once you have some data coming in, then you can determine, heck, this is this is working. Let's tweak this. Let's turn this off and so forth. This traffic source sucks. Let's try a different one. And so I think it's two parts. You know, One is modeling, and the number two is being willing to invest into your marketing and understanding that it's okay to not produce an ROI right off the gate. Like give yourself some space in terms of, you know, permission to not have the marketing produce actual sales when you're first getting started. So those are the two things that I would impart to someone that's just getting started. That is great advice to give. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Wow. What is the best advice that I've get, ever gotten? Well, um, great question. Uh, that might actually be a completely different podcast episode, but let's see if I could, let's see if I could address that. Um, well, I would say something that I've been taking to heart recently, Seth, um, in terms of my own personal development, and this transcends business. This is more on a personal philosophical level. I'd say the best advice, and this is kind of cliche, so if, I'm sure everyone's heard this before. Um, but, you know, they say something I've heard maybe Jim Rohn say, and, and for those of you that don't know, Jim Rohn was someone that I've studied intensely, and uh, he's a personal development mentor that has passed away in, in years past. But, uh, you know, he says that uh, we are the sum total of the five people, the sum total average of the five people we spend the most time with. And, um, you know, Darren Hardy talks a lot about this and uh, from Success Magazine. And it's something that I, I'd say in terms of the, you know, best advice I've given is is really to take a really hard look at the five people that you spend the most time with? Are they are their values in alignment with yours? And we're not just talking about financially. I'm talking about spiritually, ethically, morally, and so forth. And are these the kind of people that you want to run with? Are they, are they moving in the direction that you want with your life? And so for me, um, you know, I'm always wanting to upgrade. You know, I want to upgrade my Rolodex. I want to surround myself with people that challenge and inspire me to be better. And so if that would, you know, that would, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's something that's really had impact on my life, even just as recently. So. It does. It does. Uh, I know you're a voracious learner. You mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad already. What are two of the other best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? Okay, great. So I'll start with the, with the very first book, the very next book that I read after uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I believe it was maybe the second or third book. But anyways, th this book, I'm sure most people on your podcast have read it before. It's called The 4-Hour Workweek. If you haven't read The 4-Hour Workweek, um, I believe it's a, it's a very disruptive book in the sense where whether you want to work four hours a week or not, what it does do is it challenges the, the status quo in terms of being able to identify, am I really working on things that are important in my life? Am I, you know, if you take work out of your life, and there's an absence. There's a there's a there's a missing. There's a gap there, right? Like, do you have meaning still? Do you have purpose? And those are questions I ask myself. You know, if I don't work, what do I do? You know, what do I do that that I'm passionate about? How am I how am I contributing to humanity and my family and my future legacy in a big way? So, for our work week is not just a philosophy. Uh, philosophy. It's really a framework to live and work by how to outsource, take advantage of currency arbitrage. I'm actually doing a lot of that this year. Um, and so, so anyways, that's the second book. And do we have time to, to talk about the third book? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, go for it. Okay, third book I just read within the last six months. Uh, very quickly, it's Essentialism, and that is why I sold everything in my apartment in Atlanta and why I moved out west and why I'm going to be actually relocating to Bali. Read the book Essentialism. It's about identifying the highest level of contribution in your life and eliminating everything else and saying no to everything that's not really serving your higher purpose. Fantastic book. Those are the three books that I recommend. Absolutely incredible. Great recommendations. Fascinating interview. I've got pages of notes. Where can our folks go who are listening to this or reading this and who want um, some of your magic to work for them? Sure. So I have a podcast as well, and our podcast is aptly named the Advisor Internet Marketing Podcast. Uh, If you go on iTunes and look it up, we focus on three core tenets, business, marketing, and lifestyle. So be sure to check that out. And um, excuse me, I said that wrong, business, lifestyle, legacy. So business, lifestyle, legacy. And uh, so the other website obviously would be advisorinternetmarketing.com. And uh, from there, you can have access to different ways to grow your practice. Now, it's primarily targeted for uh, independent financial advisors, but a lot of what we talk about, I'd say about, you know, the majority of what we talk about really is transcendent beyond just what we do in the financial services industry. We talk all different types of things that most small business owners deal with on a day-to-day basis, particularly people who are offering a professional service of some kind that are looking to get a client. Those are the type of people that we can really help with our marketing and our messaging. Awesome. All right. This has been Seth Green with Jovan Will of AdvisorNetMarketing.com. Jovan, thank you so much for joining us. Seth, it's so good, good to be on this show. Thank you so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>